Greetings and welcome to another episode of the NC Raw podcast. Today I sit down and have a conversation with Karen and Stephen Hardy, who are in the midst of embarking on an overdose awareness hike along the Appalachian Trail. They're doing it to raise awareness uh, surrounding addiction, recovery, and overdose um, awareness and prevention. Uh, they're also raising some funds for a fabulous organization called Freedom to Grow out of Georgia. Uh, Freedom to Grow is founded by Brett Bramble um, in memory of his sister who he lost to an overdose back in 2014. Uh, Brett himself has done a couple of awareness walks um, along the East Coast of the United States and I think along, all the way across the United States. And so they're raising some funds for... Um, Brett's organization. They were inspired after meeting Brett to kind of take on this walk. So talk to them a little bit about kind of how this whole thing came to life and what their preparation has been and how they were, have been affected by this uh, disease of addiction. So I enjoyed the conversation. I'm super excited to kind of keep up with them as they travel along. Um, as it stands right now, as this podcast has been uploaded, they have taken off and they are on the road. I think they hit the road yesterday and hit the trail today. Uh, you can follow their hike through their Facebook page by searching ATODA hike, Appalachian Trail Overdose Awareness Hike. They have a Facebook page and you can kind of keep up with where they where, where they are traveling and all of the wonderful things that they're doing along the way. So give some love to Karen and Stephen Hardy. Living a miracle, standing divisible, connected to God in my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible. Totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life. Is going through different intervals, finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why you stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I give the rival expected to be exceptional, and I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I am incredible, Leo conventional, and you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unprofessional. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. That's how, Ready, I, start. Set, go. That's how I start every podcast. Karen and okay. Stephen Hardy, welcome to the NC Raw podcast, and thank you for taking taking this time out of your, I'm sure, busy schedule uh, to have a brief conversation with me. Thank you for having us. It's a it's a pleasure to meet you guys. I'm uh, I'm excited to follow your trek and keep up with what you guys are doing. 
Um, so what are you guys doing? What's, what's happening? Uh, we are um, setting out on a six-week Appalachian Trail hike, um, starting in Harper's Ferry and going south, however far that takes us, um, to uh, raise awareness for overdose, about overdose in this country. And our, so I'm doing the really short version, encompassing everything about overdose and not just, and, and some of our message and some of our um, little niche area is um, expanding a little bit to include um, all the varieties of overdose that people don't think of to include prescription medication and suicide even. So those are personal experiences in our families. So talking about overdose and expanding it and getting people to kind of think about the bigger, um, bigger issue period, the bigger mm. issue maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where did this idea come from? Like what, what, what uh, facilitated this, this idea and then to move forward with such a, an adventure? Well, the hike itself, um, you know, the Appalachian Trail is something that I've wanted to do. Um, Karen did not, um, <laughs> which was interesting when she brought it up last year. Um, so we we um, had met a gentleman by the name of Brett Bramble, and he was walking from Key West, Florida to Fort Kent, Maine, and we met him a couple times in Maine. And, you know, and I think that's what really got Karen kind of like the gears were turning and she came, we were sitting down eating dinner and she goes, you know, I have this idea. Like I have this, what do you think about this? You know? And I'm like, really, you want to hike <laughs> that long? And so we just, you know, we, we've been planning and preparing and, you know, we've done other types of fundraisers, you know, as far as like cycling and, but, this will be the first one as far as a long distance hike. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. How, what, uh, how long are you, how long are you going to, do you plan to be gone for? And then do you have like a goal as far as how many miles? Cause I saw you kind of like, it's more about the, the adventure and the interactions with probably the community <laughs> and who comes out and cultivating relationships and, the mm -hmm. message bef behind as opposed to the distance. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like we're looking at six weeks okay. um, of, you know, being down there on the trail. Um, you know, miles, we don't really know what we're going to do. And, you know, I guess we can say if we can, if we have the opportunity to talk to a bunch of people, you know, if we do eight, nine miles a day, yeah, most hikers would look at that and go, you guys are crazy, <laughs> but that would be awesome. You know, if that's what's holding us up is being able to talk to people. And um, so it's really just about being out there and, you know, and, and then, like you said, interacting, you know, just getting that connection with people. And um, miles is something that I had to curb my idea of this whole hike because I was so focused on, okay, we have you know, we have this time, we have this distance, we have, you know, this really structured, rigid, and it was like, wait, what are we doing again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we're, <laughs> we're going out to talk to people. Oh, not necessarily to, to, to do a quarter of the trail. It's about doing the awareness aspect of it. 
sharing the message with those you do engage with. I followed, I followed a little bit of Brett's walk and now I'm following Jesse's walk. And, um, you know, like it's beautiful to see when the community, wherever you're popping into, when the community finds out what's happening and then they want to come out and not just like meet you and shake your hands, but even like tag along for a few miles. Is that something that you guys are like interested in looking forward to? Yeah. 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 Whoever, you know, it's interesting. Um, we've watched obviously all of their, um, not all, but we've been following their walks and all the posts and all the videos of people they've talked to and, and meetings that have been held. And one of the things we were talking to Brett the other day. And one of the things that he said is that, um, you know, people who already know are the ones who are kind of supportive and that's great. Um, but as much as it's hard to talk to people who don't know because it's frustrating sometimes, I think that's where the education piece is. So, um, and, and not people aren't always interested in hearing more, but that's, we had a conversation with a gentleman. We were out on the trail the other day and we had a conversation right around here and we had our packs on and we had our um, banners on the back of our packs and we were chitty chatting and, so told him what we were doing and started having a conversation about overdoses and drugs and families and stuff. And, um, it, the conversation kind of abruptly ended and I didn't know what happened exactly. (laughs) So, um, I feel like, I feel like we got some good, um, information out there, but I think it made him uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that will happen. Um, yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. I feel I'm, I'm being, becoming more okay with that because, um, I don't know what he'll think about, but it's, you know, if seeds are planted in terms of different ideas or, th- I mean, honestly, we talked about, um, a personal, he, he, he moved here from somewhere else and we know that somewhere else. And so we knew some things about that somewhere else <laughs> with regard to drugs. So, so we kind of made it, I kind of made it personal um, and it wasn't personal to him, but it was information that I don't think he knew about his area. So that was, that was all. Um, and, and that's the education piece. It's not just over there and it's not just them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. Now, will you be keeping up with your, cause you, I want you to go ahead and like, tell me what your Facebook page is and will you be like keeping up with it throughout the walk? People can kind of like monitor where you guys are through this Facebook page? Yep. Yep. As much as we can, uh, as often as we have service and opportunity to post stuff. Yes. What's the name um, of the page? It's, it's A-T-O-D-A hike. So Appalachian Trail Overdose Awareness Hike. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how I found you. And you guys are raising money? Yes. We're raising money for Brett's organization. So initially, you know, when we had, when I had the initial idea, it was Georgia to Maine. He's from Georgia. So I thought, Oh my gosh, that's where the trail goes. Right. So, um, we, we were going to do the whole first half this, this year. Um, and we thought we'd raise money for his organization. And then the next half we would raise money for an organization in Maine, which we're still going to do, but we're not doing the full half this year, but we are raising money for, um, freedom to grow which is his organization in Georgia. And so that's what we're doing. Cool. What's, and there's a link. Uh, it's on, a, our, on it's our on page. The, yep. It's on the Facebook page. And yep. 
I will, uh, when I send this podcast out, I will include that link to all Perfect. of our audience so people can find it. What has the training regimen been like? <laughs> and when did that start? It's, it's been sporadic, whatever we can do. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of snow still on the ground. Um, so we've been walking on the road with our packs. We've been walking on snowmobile trails because they're packed down. So no hiking trails are really accessible for us right now. It's, it's been tough. You know, we started off before the snow hit really good. We were going out with our packs. We have a golf course right next to us. You know, we were doing 10 miles just walking around with our packs on and we're like, this is awesome. And then this the temps continue to drop the snow started to fall and our motivation kind of um <laughs> went out the window <laughs> sure <laughs> it, it it happens that time of year like um the trail passes like right through where we are here in western north carolina and it's just now starting to warm up a little bit so you will be getting into uh some nice weather real soon yeah, I think it was like 65 degrees out today and sunny, oh, and nice. sunny so you should be in yep. good shape. Now, um, Karen, you work in the field, in the mental health substance use field? Yes. Yep. What's what's that all about? Like, what do you do? What, what, uh... Huh. Um, I, um, I'm a mental health counselor primar um, primarily, but I have an addiction certification that I've had for quite some time. Um, so kind of my specialty areas that I list on my website are um, a lot of um, trauma, addiction, and families um, and addiction. I, you know, I don't work with families, but it always comes up. I always listen for how family members may be affected. And um, because that's a really, that's a really big, important thing. So Trauma is a big part of what I do. Addiction, they're really closely related a lot of times. And um, so, yeah, that's that's what I do. Awesome. Um, yeah. Now, you you both, I think, like, that's that's the, the catch with this whole addiction thing and mm. is that the it's not just a disease of an individual. I can remember looking back in early recovery – four or five years ago when I was, um, I'm a part of the refuge recovery fellowship, which is a Buddhist inspired path. Um, yep. and so when I was going through my inventories and doing my meditation and early recovery, what was on my mind was that like all of the damage that was done was done to myself and that there wasn't a whole lot of residual effects out there to like, I didn't harm a lot of people. This was just my interpretation. I didn't right. harm a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of damage done. Um, and the more I meditated and the more I really like self reflected and looked at the relationships of individuals that I loved and my family members, the more I realized that, you know, I wasn't there for, the entire lives of my nieces and nephews being born mm. and their entire life. And I wasn't present for my siblings, weddings and all of the things that, and there was, so what I realized was there was a lot of residual damage that was done. Mm -hmm. And like you guys are embarking on this walk, you're going to engage all of these individuals and like nine times out of 10, there will be somebody that has been affected by this disease. 
whether it was yeah. the guy a few days ago that wasn't too interested in talking or whether it's somebody that's going to open up and say, yes, I lost a loved one two or three years ago and this is what happened. And it allows you to like engage in that, that dialogue. Yeah. So I think it's beautiful to, the, to, that that conversation is now taking place here in 2019. Whereas like yeah. 10 or 15 years ago, it was all about kind of like, the things that cause a lot of that guilt and the shame. It's, it's all about you and what you did and how are we going to fix right. you? And now it's kind of like a part of the healing process encompasses the family and it encompasses yeah. um, addressing a lot of that, that trauma, the child, early childhood trauma and things like that. Um, how, where do we start with that? Like what's, what's a, being somebody who may or may not have been affected. Like how do we, how do we talk to people about family members about working on some of that stuff for themselves? Yep. Um, huh, that's a really good question. And I think that it may be different with each individual, depending on where they're at in their um, recognition of the family issues, the family dynamics or whatever, or their own introspection or whatever. So it may be dependent on that. I, I know that it's a process for people to come to recognize how all families are affected. And I don't just mean affected because you weren't at the wedding or, um, you know, I don't mean like that. It's long before that. That's the thing that I, that I would hope to, and not on this walk necessarily, because that's a big conversation. That's yeah. a lot. Of, that's a big thing. But the fact is, I mean, we talked to um, someone the other day who talked about a family who had two of four children affected using drugs, and but that, but the other two were okay. Um, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's really true. And so, just kind of talk about um, it's it's. Um, it starts long before that. It just starts before that. It's um, family dynamics. It's feelings. It's communication. It's um, all of those kinds of things um, before it gets to that point. And does I, that make sense? It does. So it, how do you do that on the trail? Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, <laughs> do you? Well, what's going to happen is like this is because you're documenting it and it's going to be out there on social media is that people will engage with you hearing some of your story, like down the road, once you finish this walk and if you decide to do additional stuff, like people will contact you through your page and they'll yeah. reach out and say, Hey, I saw what you guys are doing. I think it's an awesome thing. I'm going through this or I'm going through that, or we already went through this and they'll kind of like open up and be very forthcoming with their stories. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You talked briefly interacted with my co-host Caleb McCoy um, through the post that I made that was kind of publicizing this podcast. And he um, last summer, he is from the Cherokee Indian reservation here in town. And last summer he, he ran, he's a endurance athlete. And he ran from Cherokee, North Carolina, along the Trail of Tears to Oklahoma. Wow. Um, kind of as an overdose awareness thing and kind of a spiritual adventure and kind of a personal recovery and growth um, mission. 
but what has happened is exactly what's going to happen to you guys is people in all these little towns from here to Oklahoma have heard his story, saw the news, read the newspaper, whatever, and reached out and kind of like built relationships and now like we'll contact him and ask him questions or just let him know that they see what he did and why he did it and even like the impact that it had on their lives and i think that's and i'm sure brett probably talked has talked with you guys yeah. a little bit about that because i'm sure he experienced the same sort of thing so yeah. you're you're going to be affecting people's for the rest of their lives, you know, like this, knowing that, that this took place, how have each of you been affected by addiction? Well, um, well, for me, I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, I have a brother that is, I don't know if he's currently right now still active, but he's still, um, struggling. And, you know, that backstory there and then the overdose side of it, um, my sister died of an overdose and it was a, you know, it was a interaction with some medication that she was taking, um, you know, and, you know, and this happened, you know, back in 2001 and when the, you know, when the official report came out that it was an overdose, no one in the family talked about what happened, how it could have happened. Like, it was just this, you don't, we just never discussed it. Um, so I never really thought about how it would, you know, how that would affect me, you know, um, until just really when we started to do this walk. But, you know, so we've, you know, we've, we've gone through, you know, gone through life like that. And, um, you know, and, and Karen can elaborate a little bit more, but, um, you know, the one that is really close to home is my stepson, um, you know, and, um, you know, and then like I say, Karen can talk a little bit more about that, but, you know, being here, watching him go through the process, you know, over the last several years and, um, you know, I can sit here today and say he's doing great, um, you know, he's come a long way and he's, he's done a lot. And so this, this walk is, or this hike is, is for him too, you know, um, cause he overdosed, he was one of the lucky ones that is still here. Um, so, so that was, that's my experience. <laughs> um, can I ask you a quick question? Like, I want to know based off of what happened to your sister in 2001 and then experiencing Karen's son kind of finding recovery eight, however many years later, like and kind of like when your sister passed and it wasn't something that was talked about and it wasn't something that was really like discussed. How, ha how has like your personal experience or perspective on this whole process of recovery changed from back then because like back then it was something that we kind of like hit and um that kind of facilitates some guilt and some shame and things like that and whereas now like we're out in the open we're walking on the Appalachian Trail for overdose awareness like that's a major shift in mindset surrounding recovery and surrounding addiction um you know one thing a lot of counseling 
um, just to really identify and deal with. Um, you know, my perspective on addiction and um, just the whole substance use disorder, you know, so I blame my mom a long time for what happened, you know, like just how she treated my brother who was active throughout almost his whole life. And, um, and I had, and that changed once it was my stepson, you know, so things shifted of, Oh, it's not my mom's fault that my brother was doing this because it's not Karen's fault that my stepson is doing this. And I love my stepson. I love my brother. Like, so these things kind of like all these pieces started to fall into place of, wow, you know, we've, and we, we have come so far because as a family, we never talked about the alcoholism in our family. We never talked about the overdose of my sister. Um, you know, and so it got to a point where it's like, you know, who do we have? <laughs> like, we can't talk to, it seems like we couldn't talk to anybody. You know, when, once we got to the point of talking, it's like, well, who do you talk to? You can't talk to your family because they're not, they're not ready. Um, so it was really finding the, uh, kind of the strength within to say, you know, enough is enough. You know, we've suffered in silence. We've, we've sat here and, you know, nobody came here when my stepson was in active addiction. Nobody came here with any kind of casserole or anything, any supportive words to say, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry that this is happening for you guys. No one. And so, you know, it's time that we end that. It's time that we're there for our neighbors, that we're there for our families and we're there for each other. You know, the only way to make it through anything is with that connection with others. And it, it, it does take a lot to be able to, to talk about it. And yeah, it is a big adventure. You know, we're, we're going out on the trail with, with perfect strangers and we're going to, you know, I'm finally comfortable enough to talk about my side of it I can only imagine if they were going through something, how they may just curl up and, and just walk away. Um, because it is really hard. It's painful to talk about um, just the, the whole addiction or if they did lose somebody. Um, if they're not used to talking about it, they may not be too open for a conversation, but they will remember it. Um, so... So hopefully we can at least, you know, break the ice a little bit and maybe down the road, like you said, they'll come back to our page and say, hey, you know, I met you on the trail and what you said made a difference, you know, and really it's about the other people. What can they get out of it? So, Yeah. And then how can they take that message and share it with others that they interact with? Yeah. I mean, if we can encourage somebody to, you know, if they're struggling themselves, if we can encourage somebody to go and find some kind of a support system and connect with other people, maybe in their families and just, you know, so they're not doing all this with on their own. Um, that would be huge. Yeah. Now, Karen, I, I was checking out your book and it's all, oh. it's all about your son's story. Uh, I didn't get a chance to dig into it too much because unfortunately during the school semester, I don't have a whole lot of time for yep. uh, personal reading. But it is yeah. uh, it's on my shelf, ready to ready to tackle during summer break. So, you want to tell me a little bit about your son's story? Uh, the book 
that book, when people say they want to read it, oh, I bought your book, I can't wait to read it, I always cringe. I do. <laughs> I cringe because I don't want to look at it again. <laughs> I, I, um, so the book started um, really um, in 2016, I guess it was April 2016, um, we were aw for, away for a long weekend ironically up near Mount Katahdin, um, in Maine. Uh, and, uh, we got a call that he was going to jail. Pretty much that was it. He was getting arrested. He was going to jail. Um, first time. And he did, um, it was his first time in jail, like staying. I don't remember if he was arrested. I can't remember if he had nothing significant before that. So, um, I started writing some letters to him. It was, you know, 2016 was um, how much into his addiction? A uh, good six, seven years into things kind of escalating to that point, really. <clears throat> and it was stressful. So I started writing letters to him. I'm like, I'm going to write a letter to him every day. And it's just as a journaling kind of thing. And um, that didn't last too, too long. Um, for, I don't know what reason, I don't know what reason, but by the time he got out in July, I was so anxious when, when he was getting released that I couldn't tolerate it. And I decided to keep track of, um, what was happening for me and what was happening for him every day that I knew what was happening for him, but kind of charting our, our, um, lives um, day by day, side by side in this, in this format of, um, so, and keeping it short so that people who didn't know could read through it quickly. And it was a year, it would be a year's time. I set out to write for a year, no matter what happened, which many times I thought if he dies, I'm just going to keep writing. Like I, that was my goal. That was my plan. I and that would have its own kind of message. Um, so the idea was that people could read through it and, and be like, Oh my God, that was so much. Um, because it is so much it's every day, the ups and downs, you know, and unexpected ups and downs for everybody. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. And he lived through that whole year and beyond, but, um, and, and so then it just became a book <laughs> like, um, that it, it really was kind of a therapeutic thing, but also just, I don't even know. It just, it, it really, I didn't know it was really going to be a book. Um, but that's what it is. Yeah. And what it sounds like though, going into it with the mindset of it's like just a journal or a way for me to express mm -hmm. myself. It, yep. And, and you mentioned at the beginning that it, you kind of cringe when people want to read it is because it's honest right and it's it's reality it's the it's the yeah. truth it's what you were going through at that exact moment and it's your like reflection on that and there that there's there's power and there's healing in that you know yeah. it's a it's a really beautiful thing what role have you guys played in his recovery process now and what's that been like for you um i i guess uh, well he he says we've been um a great support to him. We've, um, and you know, I, I think that question, when that question gets asked, did, you know, how much did you help him or, you know, when it's ever in that realm, like we 
worked throughout that year. That's when I reflect about that year's time and what I wrote and what I was doing in that year's time while he was out running around doing his, his thing. Um, we worked really hard on our jobs, on our other family members, on our rec own recovery. How can we live through this if he doesn't? Um, that was another one of my real strong desires was to be able to continue to live my life and really work on that detachment thing, which it's a big word and that's a whole other discussion, right? That detachment, like what does it mean? But seriously, it means this, this is my life. That's his life. I want us to, you know, have a life that we share on this earth, um, but not really knowing how that's going to go. And we're, I'm not in control of his. So um, for us, it's been working on our own. I don't really remember the question. Yeah. Well, what, <laughs> what was that process for you guys like then for taking care of yourself and kind of healing yourself throughout that experience? What action did you take personally? Yeah. Oh, so I remember your original question about his recovery. So our recovery was, yeah, kind of um, doing our meditations. We did a lot of meditation. We um, went to a couple over the, these last few years. We've done a couple of silent retreats, which is yes, amazing. <clears throat> amazing. <laughs> I, I highly recommend silent retreats. Um, um, you know, counseling and meetings, various meetings, talking to other people, um, being in nature, ha, going out into the woods. Um, yeah, it's so healing. Um, just really trying to stay grounded, um, and connect with other people who are trying to do the same things. Yeah. Staying connected. That's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what do you guys have planned for after this thing's over six weeks from now? Like what's, what's your life going to look like? Um, well, I know what we have planned. I don't know what it's going to look like. Okay. I know what we have planned, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So you can plan, but don't plan the outcome. So, but however, we are planning some outcomes because I have, um, with my private practice and a billing agency that I work through, um, am opening an IOP, um, within my practice. So that's happening within the first couple of weeks of us coming back. I'm having a grand opening for that. Um, we have a lot of plans for, to continue this work beyond this hike that I think this will, like you said, um, you know, only build in momentum from here of building. We purchased some land in this area and we plan to hold retreats. Okay. Um, various kinds of retreats on that land. And one of our focuses, one of our focuses is for family members of folks with addictions to come and be in those woods and be quiet and be connected with some other folks mm -hmm. who get it and have some healing time. Um, we both do Reiki um, and we lead mindfulness, um, you know, meditations and um, we, some other things. So, we want to incorporate all of that huge part of the recovery process. That's, yeah. That's quite a vision. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, if you guys ever make it down this way to Western North Carolina, we will, you let me know and we, we will. will get together. Yes. I will get yes. out on the trail with you. Caleb kind of talked to you. We got some plans. He wanted to do another run this summer. So we're going in June out to the Pacific coast for a little bit. Um, 
I don't know how wow. much I don't know how much running and biking I'm gonna do. I'm I'm more like uh, facilitating the logistics of it, and then docu- okay. documenting some of the run. But I would love to keep in touch with you guys, and yeah. ju- just know that I'm gonna be rooting for you throughout this track and keeping up with uh, keeping up with the entire entire run. So Thank I you. greatly appreciate your guys' time. Thank you. And yeah, I look forward you. to keeping up with everything that you guys are doing. I think it's just yeah. a phenomenal thing that you guys are doing. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm going to sign off and I'll keep you guys on in just a second for a second though. Okay. All right, we are no longer recording. Okay. Cool. Well, hey guys, that was awesome. I'm I'm super excited for you guys. Uh, Thank you. I'll let you know how I like the book too, because I do plan on getting into that <laughs> as soon yes. as I, I really know. do. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah, that's <laughs> intense is healing, man. It really is. We heal through that heal through that suffering. You guys are meditators. You guys know exactly. Yeah. Well, and he's. 18 months. So, so I can tell you that um, he 18, 19 months ago, he was down in South Florida. Mm -hmm. That's where he did a lot of his running around like nightmare place. Um, I called him up one day. I said, Hey, if I fly down there and drive your car up here to Maine, will you come? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. Okay. Um, He, we kind of joke about it, but at first he was serious that he was kind of pissed because he was high when he said that. So he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't mean it. I didn't really know what I was saying. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So I drove his car. It was uh, the ride of our lives. Um, and he ended up staying here and he's 18 months in recovery today. Um, really figuring some stuff out, um, working his ass off. Um, doing it and really living the potential of who he is in his heart of hearts doing amazing. So awesome. Um, yeah. At the point that book ends, it, it's, it kind of was interesting how, you know, that year ended at a kind of a cliffhanger, so to speak. Um, so, so what I'm hearing, yeah. what I'm hearing is the second book coming. Just, I don't know. Yeah, he said he wants he to may, write a book. He may so do the other one. He might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Do you have plans to come down to Georgia when Brett opens up the farm? Yeah. Well, so so because because we have all these other work plans, that was part of the motivation for cutting the hike shorter. That it was going to be three months, but we have all these other things going on, and and we want to get to some of that work too. Yeah. So um, we're going to section the rest of the trail. Do for this reason. So we're going to do, um, which I think will actually probably be better. Um, so this six week section, and then we're going to do other sections up around here in the summer and fall and stuff. So we definitely will be back down that way at some point to do some other sections. Yeah. Cool. So when you do, I, I got a whole recovery community out here that'll come out and support you guys. I totally do. So please, that's exciting. Awesome. Please keep cool. me in touch. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna let you guys run. Okay. Safe travels. Good Thank luck you. on the departure and good luck on the trek. And I will be following. So cool. We'll see you around. Awesome. I will. Okay. No problem. Take care. Take care.